Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A continent teeters on the brink of war. And three houses rise to meet the challenge. We welcome you to the first of a few episodes that we're going to dedicate here at Nintendo Dads to Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is the first um, or the most recent console release of Fire Emblem, making its skip as it has been mostly on 3DS for the last few years, now coming over to Nintendo Switch along with a high list of expectations for what would need to be met for this series to make the jump to home consoles, especially in the HD era that we're in now. Uh, myself and Tim and Gary are going to be talking about this over the series of these episodes that we're calling Nintendo Dad's Three House. On this week's episode, what we're going to be talking about is our initial impressions of the game, seeing that how each one of us picked a different house, and each one of us is currently on a different track. At this time, Gary, can you hear us? Okay, excellent. Just wanted to be sure. Glory. Yes. <laughs> uh, guys, I want to thank you for joining us for these episodes. Um, we are all playing Fire Emblem Three Houses as well as many of you are as well. In fact, it is a hot selling title on Nintendo Switch right now with Japan selling through 80% of its initial um, sell, you know, run of the game and more being made. It was sold out locally in many locations here in America, as well as Amazon being sold out of physical copies as well. And so it's easy to see that hype for this game is high. Hype was go was high going into it, but it seems uh, after looking at Metacritic and lots of other different reviewers online, like Giant Bomb and IGN and Destructoid, that it was getting nines and 9.5s and close to 10s. And so what we want to do with this very brief episode this time is just talk about our initial impressions of the game and kind of give you a, a, a primer, if you will, an initial battle report, if that's what you want to call it, of Fire Emblem. And so, Gary, you were all in for this game. I remember on the very front end, you were the one of us who was most excited for Fire Emblem. You even bought the, uh, the, the Seasons of War edition. And so uh, why don't you talk about your initial... Um, impression of the game and also tell us which house you picked yeah so um basically uh i picked up fire emblem a, a long time ago on i think it was the game boy advance but i never touched it until awakening came out 
And uh, my playthrough of that, I was like, wow, this game is just phenomenal. It's easily one of the best games on the 3DS. Um, probably one of the, the best uh, strategy games I've, I've ever played. And so I really like the series from that, that point onwards. Um, so when Fire Emblem got announced and we only saw the initial sort of uh, just a logo, I was really excited. Gotta be completely honest, it dipped a bit when I saw initial gameplay footage, even though I know these games don't show very well anyway. Um, it did dip quite a lot. And then the more I heard about it, the more I was like, I'm not as sure. And then I think it was E3 where we had a really good trailer, or was it just before that? Um, it sort of, my excitement shot through the roof again. So uh, my biggest regret at the minute is not being able to put more time in. But so far i've enjoyed what i've played it's very chatty like for the the initial um couple of hours playthrough you don't really do much except for listen to cutscenes. but i've got to praise it for the phenomenal voice acting that's in it it's it's so so good but that also comes with a tiny downside for me at the minute which is that your your character your main character the avatar that you are is silent and I think it leads to some kind of really awkward sections where the other characters are having this giant like discussion and then your character just sort of looks at them and holds his arm out like, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the voice acting and the cutscenes and all that sort of stuff so far have been really cool. I wish they would have let you have a, a couple more battles before they started all the relentless talking um, that happens at the start. Um, but I, it is feeling very much like a build-up to something very big at the minute. So uh, I can't wait to get stuck in. And on the next episode, we could talk about the meat of the game, not just the potatoes. All right. Uh, Tim, you oh, Gary, you didn't tell us which house you picked. Oh, I picked the House of the Golden Deers. As the, can, the Leicester Alliance. The Leicester Alliance. Because as you can tell, if you're watching the video version, everything is pretty much deer-related in my uh, living room. So <laughs> it makes Very sense. Very blurry deer. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Tim, how about your initial impressions of Fire Emblem? So my initial impressions, even before picking it up or get actually getting it from Nintendo UK and thanks to them, I got a copy of it uh, was on the fence because I've never played a fire emblem game before I've watched from the outside. Like, is that something I want to get into? And especially with awakening, I had so many times wanted to go back and get that one. Cause I heard that one was a good one to get into. Um, I never played the one that came with the ambassador um, program that you got with the 3DS. I didn't play that one. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't jump into it. Um, this one, however, because of the high praise, because of the story, the, the three houses just was very intriguing. Um, more and more as time went on, as they told more about the game, I was very intrigued and still on the fence, though. And it was probably more or less going to be one of those games that... Christmas list and just wait, you know, everybody else is playing it now and just have to wait and play it later. But thankfully, because of Nintendo UK giving us a copy, I was, you guys already had your copy. So I was thankful to get this copy and go right into it. And I'm enjoying it 
just as well, I think, as you guys. And uh, I'm probably exploring more of it than probably most people would. I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong, but uh, I'm still in the very I just got into the uh, first battle, the first training battle, um, the school battle. And that's only in the first month that you're in the game. <laughs> so uh, but that's because I've been going to every piece of the grounds looking for things. What can I get into? What what's blocking me right now? Who can I talk to? Who can't I talk to? Uh, what gets unlocked? What can what what things can I find? You know, and and just for me, because I've never played this type of game, or not just Fire Emblem, but this type of game period where it relies on a lot of of uh, simulation, I guess, between interacting with people and getting to know them and making them friends, getting to like you, and it does, and what you do impacts you later is important and so i want to make sure i'm not missing something i don't and and when i when i picked the start of the game even though this is my first time i picked classic and normal mode meaning that i will lose somebody when i go to a real battle unless i use the rewind feature which everybody gets no matter what so i'm not i didn't pick casual mode where you know you just the person disappears at the end of the uh until the end of the battle, they're gone. They're dead if if I lose them. So I'm kind of freaking out about that a little bit. <laughs> but uh, well, you, you do kind of start to build bonds with some of those characters. Yeah. You know, you start to like them. Yes. So uh, and then there's some I think there's a couple of just kind of funny, cheesy characters, too. But uh, it, it, I'm having fun with it. I, it's, it's holding my interest and I'm having fun also because I'm talking about it with you guys. So. Yeah, so uh, your house of choice is? Uh, well, I live in Detroit, Michigan, Marty. So because I live in Detroit, Michigan, I am a Detroit Lions fan. Uh, yes, don't beat me up if you're an NFL uh, fan and know the Detroit Lions history. Yes, they, you know, it's very hard to cheer them on. But I had to go with the Blue Lions on this because of that, because be, because being a Detroit Lions fan, and it was, and I didn't even put those two together if it wasn't for Sean Capri because he was the one that posted the Detroit Lions on his social media on Twitter, I think it was that, kind, gotcha. and I was like, oh, that is that is true. So then yeah. I was gonna go with what you were gonna go with, Marty, but uh, because you had that, I was like, well, it makes sense to go with Blue Lions, and it worked out too because of Gary getting. Golden deer. Right. So, so uh, what Tim alluded to is that I picked uh, the black Eagles simply because I really loved their crest. Uh, and I like the color red more than I like blue and yellow. So uh, I picked that. Uh, I went into this game very skeptically uh, and I only got it because I had a ton of trading credit at GameStop. Uh, so I traded in a bunch of games I wasn't playing anymore and got 30% extra because I decided to pick up Fire Emblem and it actually let me get Fire Emblem and completely pay off Astral Chain as well. Uh, and so the idea behind it was I've traded in these games. If I don't like it, I'll take it back within, you know, the 14 day time limit and I'll try to get my full credit back on it like they do. Um, but what I found out once I booted it up and actually started playing it was I actually really liked the game. Um, there is a social element to this game uh, 
that is unlike the other Fire Emblem games. Where there was story in between missions, there is much more of a full game here. It's not just battle after battle after battle, as Tim is discovering, uh, as we're all discovering, in fact, as we are, you know, two, three, four, five hours into the game, and we've only had just a few little battles because there's so much dialogue and there's so much to see and there's so many people to talk to and quests to do and different things like that. So um, I am in the second month. Uh, I just arrived there. Uh, I finished the fourth battle, which is kind of a, has a twist to it. And it begins to plant some, some, I guess what you would call, or, or you, you kind of start to see some background of the story kind of surfacing. You start to see some doubt kind of surfacing in uh, the church. Uh, which if you if you're not familiar with the game, the the entire game is set around the Garrig Mach Monastery, which is controlled by the Church of Saros. And the idea is that the high priest uh, or high priestess lives there. Uh, and you are tasked with raising up students to protect the monastery and protect her. And uh, you become the teacher of your house that you pick. Uh, your main character, Byleth, becomes the, the 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 professor of that class, like the leader of that house. Uh, each one has its distinctive house head, which is Edelgard for um, the the Black Eagles. It is Claude for the Golden Deer and Dimitri, right, for the Blue Lions. Yes, he's the one I haven't had much interaction yes. with. I always always end up running into Claude, but I don't see much of Dimitri. Uh, and they also have all their individual personalities as well as the individual characters within the house. So depending on the playthrough, you're going to get a different type of story just based off the characters who surround you most of the time that you're teaching. But I love that there's more game to dig into here than just strategy. There's how you teach, which is how your people progress. It's uh, you can you and, and you can micromanage it if you want to. If you want to get down to the details, you can do that or. You can, you're like me, you auto-instruct, which the game picks the best thing for your characters and kind of sends them through that. Your characters will come to you with questions and that will change who they are. You know, like I had one of my characters come to me the other day. Um, I was playing and they were getting very proficient in magic, but they also had a reason quality. And he came to me and he's like, can I stop focusing on reason so I can focus on magic? And if I do, I'll go down the warlock path. And I was like, yes. Yes, because you're one of my most powerful characters. Yes. Absolutely, you can do that. Go go focus on magic, right? right? You can send members of your group away to do group tasks, which benefit them and benefit their camaraderie. It's just, they they really took, I, I read a review that said this, or maybe I heard it in a YouTube video, I can't remember, but I just this line stuck out to me is that they really took a Breath of the Wild approach to Fire Emblem. They kept the core elements of what make the game good and what drew people to it. But then they flip the series on its head by giving you this world to interact in. It's not just sprites on a map anymore, right? right. It's yep. it's like characters that are they're interacting, they're interacting around a certain thing. And I mean, I get that that Awakening and Fates had that to some extent, but the focus in, in Awakening and Fates was definitely on the battles and the strategy surrounding the battles. I feel like in Three Houses, the focus is it's on battling. Don't get me wrong, but it's also on the social game as yeah. well. They make that a huge deal. And I think that's what's making the difference for me. And I'm like you guys. I wish I had more time to play it. I'm taking time to plow through it. 
Uh, but I've only put about five hours in, but like even five hours in four battles in, and I've done some of the supplemental battles as well, uh, that you can do on like your, your weekends. My characters are already kind of starting to get powerful. I've got a few of them who have attained C rank in some of their things. Some of them are C rank in their relationships. And you can really see that come out on the battlefield. But like Gary talked a lot about the the voice acting. I want to talk about just the the art style for this game. It's oh super my gosh, it's yes. on point. I love the fact that during a battle, I can zoom down to my unit on the battlefield and you see his battalion surrounding him. You see the level of the of the map and you could see like where the enemy is in the distance and things The the amount of detail that's been put into this game is incredible. Yeah. Um, and you can even zoom up way ahead and, and see the battle from above, but I don't, it's not very practical to go all the way down to that level. But what I love is like when my unit engages an enemy unit in battle, instead of cutting away to a scene, it's zooming down onto the battlefield and it's like, it's like in real time. Right. And so, you know, I know the switch gets knocked a little bit for its power and processing and all that stuff, but they did a great job. Of course, Nintendo knows how to squeeze every bit of goodness out of the switch for its games, but just the whole package presentation, the music's great. So far, the story has been intriguing. The The voice acting is a plus voice acting and just the aesthetics are, are great. Uh, and that's coming from somebody who like, I, just if I'm honest with you, I love the idea of strategy games, but I suck at them. <laughs> and so I don't play them that much. I want to like them. Like I love advanced wars. I loved war groove. I love, I love the idea of fire emblem and things like that, but putting pen to paper and actually playing them. I'm not great at, Yeah. but I, I'm finding that like, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm not playing with permadeath. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a wuss, but uh, like I'm willing saying... to. In... Sorry. Go what? A Sorry, carry on. I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. Well, no, no, that's fine. What were you going to say? Is, was it something about permadeath? Yeah, it was, I was basically going to say that permadeath is the is the element that makes you really think about strategy. Like, it, 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 I, I yeah. played um, Awakening with both permadeath and without. And uh, my playthrough with permadeath is... It was very different. You would think twice about where you're going to move a unit. You, you wouldn't be like, he's good, so he's going there. You'd be like, he's good, but if anything does go wrong, yeah. I've lost that character, so do I really yeah. want to risk moving them in? Right. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see the difference as this progresses and, and as we do more of these shows to see the difference between how me and Tim are playing as opposed to Marty because Marty could go in headstrong and it doesn't matter. If he loses his unit, that's fine. Me and Tim could use lose two or three valuable units each time. And this will be interesting to see how the mechanics of the game have changed that situation because in Awakening, if you lost a really good unit, that was it. And you only had lesser units left. Whereas in this, it seems like they're building the characters up from an out-of-battle uh, end. So if you lose a good character, you might still have characters that are equally as good that have been trained yeah. out-of-battle that you could use. So it's going to be interesting to see the difference between uh, between the two different playstyles there. Well, and one of the things, too, that, that like we talk about, you know, the differences in the games and, and the playstyle is that, you know, when you... You invest in that and you're looking at a game where 
you're you're talking a hundred hours is what they're saying into this game to do it all. And uh, as Jesse brought up on last week's show, you know that uh, you, reports are saying that you don't even get the full story of the game until you've played through with with two houses. And if you want the full thing to do all three, um, I don't know that I'll get that far. But I like at this point, this is the Fire Emblem game that hooked me. I believe I, I loved the look of fates and, and just the theme of fates kind of being that Japanese feudal system type, you know, idea versus the knights and different things like that. Like I love those characters. I've always thought that Nintendo goes above and beyond with their design of fire emblem characters. Right. I mean, it's, it's very anime, but they're always very well done. And it's there's no exception in this. And I think that, you know, marrying the good voice acting, the, the excellent voice acting with that together uh, is just good. And so for those of you who are out there on the fence, I think it's still valid to be on the fence. But you've got to take some things into account as we wrap up this week's episode. Um, and one of those being that this game is swaying on the fence fans. And we, we're seeing reports of that over and over and over. This is my first Fire Emblem. This is, I never wanted to play Fire Emblem, but I love the idea of this. And it's swaying a bunch of those. Also, the consistently high reviews. Uh, you know, I I think it's always take, take, interview, take reviews with a grain of salt. But across the board, if you're seeing not much variation in those scores, you can kind of trust a nine or, you know, higher for this game. And then look at the sale rate. As well, I mean, you know, it's it's a very well anticipated game, and it is still selling. Uh, and I believe right now, if you buy it through Amazon, it's forty nine ninety nine here in the states instead of fifty nine ninety nine. And of course, if you buy it at Walmart, it's always forty nine ninety nine because they've changed the price on all their Switch games. And so, guys, that that is where we're going to leave it for this week. What we're going to do each week, or each every other week, once we get some time with it, is to come back and revisit the concept of Fire Emblem uh, from that kind of playthrough perspective. Like, you know, how have your thoughts on it changed as you play and as your characters mature? Because we know, you know, most Fire Emblem games now involve some kind of story element where there's a time jump or there's something like that. And like, I think it was Tim said, there's obviously something big coming. They're building up to the story points to that. It can't just be roses and, and ponies in the monastery all the time. So there's going to be something happen. And there's this mysterious character, you know, that's in your head, Sothis, who is somehow connected to this story. We don't know how. Uh, and so hopefully by our next playthrough, we'll know a little bit more. Uh, and we invite you to join us for each and every one of these episodes. And thanks for tuning in to this one. We hope you're enjoying Three Houses. That is it for this uh, short episode of Nintendo Dad's Three Houses. Join us next time. We'll see you later. Bye. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.